0: So I'd now like to introduce uh, Eichling, uh McCaffrey. Aisling uh, is the director of the of the financial services consulting department of France fulton specialising in sustainability. Aisling has over 10 years' experience in the financial services sector, working with key clients across Europe on a range of projects covering business strategy, risk management, and sustainability advisory. Uh, so Aisling, uh, what role do you think uh can trust accountants play? in spotting and preventing greenwashing.
1: Great. Thanks Dan and, and thanks everybody. It's been a I think great discussion so far in terms of setting the scene and, and a bit of context as to what we're talking about in terms of in terms of greenwashing. So I think Look from a chartered accountants' perspective, um, I think Michael and Kate definitely uh, covered it off there. And in, in terms of, um, you know, we are, I guess, trusted advisors to to businesses across a range of industries, and really we have a key role to play in 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 a number of ways. I guess um, when we're looking at aspects of greenwashing and and reporting, um, as chartered accountants, you know, we cover a variety of roles. And um, if I were to look at kind of the audit and assurance um, side of the house. Um, At the moment, you know, there are some requirements in terms of sustainability reporting. Most of it is kind of limited assurance, limited to larger um, companies, but there is with the kind of increasing regulation, specifically if we were looking at a European context with um, CSRD, the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive that's coming down the track. That's bringing into scope like a large number of 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 European businesses um, with enhanced sustainability reporting requirements and mandatory assurance. So that's that's a big step forward in terms of kind of that reporting requirement and the role that we as accountants would have to play in being able to um, provide that assurance, carry out those audit requirements. I think it's brought in, you know, a, a, a huge amount more. Um, the, the the bar has been raised in terms of the expectation, um, for like technical expertise to be able to to deliver on that, um, and requirements around that. So I think that's pretty interesting in terms of um the support role that we need to play there and our role in kind of, um, bringing those disclosures through, giving that assurance. Um, I think the general idea, as kind of Emma touched on as well, is. We, we the, the legislation and the directives that are coming into place. It is with the, you know, with the um, aim of increasing transparency, I guess, is the key, the key piece and comparability from a, from a user standpoint as well. So there is a piece about, um, being able to set up kind of robust processes around that to kind of enable that transparency of information. I think from my side of the house, I sit more on the advisory side and less on less on the audit side uh, for my sins. Um, and I think, you know, there's a number of us in in those roles as well as chartered accountants. Um, and from my perspective, the work that I would be doing with clients is around building out um, the requirements for for those disclosures, um, whether it's voluntary or mandatory and a lot of it is focused around, you know, looking at um, the requirements, interpreting or the requirements, looking at a kind of assessment of what they have available and helping build out those structures in terms of like a data strategy um, and a data dictionary. Data is kind of the key piece that underpins a lot of this, especially when we're talking about transparency and, and, you know, where you're reporting outward on one specific number, but ensuring that there's a, you know, there's a key kind of um, consistency behind that in terms of how you get to that number. And what I'm seeing in terms of the integration into financial reporting, um, I've been looking at some of the Pillar 3 reports um, from a European banking context, um, and there's lots of uh, new information flowing through there on ESG risk, probably the first time we're starting to See that level of information in terms of um, uh, you know that portfolio view that Emma's referring to um, where you can see in context uh, the volume of lending that's being done by banks across um, kind of high carbon emitting sectors so I think that's like a really big step forward in, in promoting that kind of transparency and compar- comparability element and I think we as chartered accountants being in those roles where we're working with those clients, whether it's in financial services or or in industry to to prepare um, some of those disclosure requirements and look at how they're integrating that risk into their business. Like we have a massive role to play there, I think, um, in, in enabling that kind of move forward um, into 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 an environment where we just have access to much better um, information. Um, and I think that's based on kind of our skill set from being able to look at, for example um the overlap of the financial requirements, let's say your financial reporting requirements and being able to interpret those um whilst also being able to um i guess apply apply a certain level of logic and and interrogation so That's where I see that really us having a key role is that level of kind of rigor um, and robustness around processes and procedures that sits on the audit side of the house. But also in a similar vein, when we're in advisory capacity, that's the type of thing that we're looking to to integrate is really those um, processes and procedures behind everything so that you can essentially get ownership, sign off and people are comfortable over figures. Because um, I guess that the key call out is that some of this is a journey um, and just reference to that piece around green hushing. Um, I I can see why, having been on the ground with clients, I can see why that is a thing. Um, because a lot of the regulation is coming through. Um, if I was to take that pillar three as an example, it's coming through at pace. So just the level of kind of travel that that needs to go through internally for people to understand what those numbers mean. So all of a sudden we go from having one figure that talks about green lending or sustainable lending to now we're suddenly talking about what percentage of our portfolio is tied to kind of high carbon emitting sectors as defined by you know this uh this pillar three template um and we haven't seen necessarily seen that information before and it looks like a balance sheet looks it's it's in the same style as other kind of financial um reporting disclosures so there's a bit of a journey that has to travel internally for people to get comfortable around okay what does this actually mean these numbers that i'm i'm putting out there how do i interpret that right up to kind of board level so i do think that's part of the the kind of the pace of change and um, there there is a piece around people wanting to take a conservative view in terms of how they come to um the the answer for example when they have to um do approximations and estimations less so about what are you lending into green? Obviously, you should you should you should know that. But when we're looking at energy efficiency of portfolios, um, for example, with, with a bank and their mortgage book, um, it's it's trying to find that balance of the data that's readily available versus plugging the gaps with uh, a logic that and a methodology that people can stand over. Or slash not disclosing at all because you don't have the information. So there's a there's a balance around, I guess, all of that. Um, and I feel like us as charters accountants can kind of sit in the middle of that to help kind of guide the process, give direction on on you know what's um applicable or not, but also working with our I have to say working with our colleagues in terms of that layering in technical expertise when it comes to some of these metrics and how to interpret them as well. Um. So yeah, so I think, um, lots of opportunities, um, as far as accountants, uh, lots of assurance requirements coming down the line that I will be, uh, probably steering clear of in my advisory capacity. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, um, I think, I think it's, it's going to be, um, a very interesting time in the next, uh, 18 to 24 months, um, for, for our industry.
0: Very I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, really clear how, how important accountants will be both on advisory and the audit side, clearly. Um, and you know you must have seen your own business uh, in this area just absolutely take off in the last 10 years. You've been you've been working with it. Um, I mean, just one, one question has come from the, the audience. And I thought it'd be really good to get your thoughts on. Um and it's basically so, uh, and it comes to, to to an extent how the pillar three uh, requirements are yeah. played, which is not directly within the relation of of the company but outside and supply chain and so on. Um, but the, the question is, uh, how can chartered accountants play their role in addressing? Greenwashing, where it's beyond the corporate level, which is typically the scope that the ACAs have influence over, i.e. in this, in this question, a greenwashing at the level of ESG rating companies, which is beyond what a typical accountant would be able to actually see. I mean, is there, is there anything they can do?
1: Um, I think it depends on, I think it depends on the role you play. So like, to be fair in, in where I'm positioned at the moment from a like consulting and advisory perspective, There is a piece where you get access to that information from, say, if I'm supporting a client in terms of, like, not to get into the weeds of it, but if they're trying to establish... And, um, you know, information on their portfolio to disclose outwards. Then there is a piece about challenging how you get that information and where it's coming from and the reliance upon that in terms of like the ESG rating companies and, and things like that. So I think there's probably an element of that, that, that kind of feed through coming from a client side and, and trying to, you know, challenge reliance on external, like the, the third party piece is absolutely massive. Like I think the reality is we have big data gaps that need to be filled there is a role for kind of third party providers to play there but but in the same sense there's a need for a huge amount of kind of robustness and governance around what you rely on and and how, like your ability to rely on that third party to supplement you know kind of your information so i think like like we kind of fit in within that bracket of helping kind of challenge um the usability of some of that information, maybe. I don't know if that answers the question, but.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's something which obviously regulators are very cognizant uh, of as well. So, you yeah, know, lots of scrutiny on, on, on almost third parties. Uh, but thank you very much for that. Fascinating to hear.